There's too much tang in my jaw <laughs> muscles from the olive. <laughs> Do you ever get that where you take a bite of food, if, especially if you haven't eaten mm-hmm. yet that day, and like your lactic acid yeah. fills your jaw? Yeah. Oh. Is, am I crazy? Well, no. No, maybe I'm happened. thinking of it. I was specifically thinking of an olive situation, which is that the oh. first olive, after you haven't had olives in a while, you're like, do I like this? And then the then second you're one, like, you're like, I do like this. Yeah, I do. I've never yeah. gotten that. I've gotten where I wake up and I like try to pound some water too mm-hmm. soon, and it just uh, my my throat doesn't want it. So there's like an yeah. acid reflex or something like that. I'm just like, ah, olive, go down, go down, water. <laughs> so welcome to Olive Talk, <laughs> the podcast where we rate frames. I'm Michael Swaim. <laughs> I'm Abe Epperson. And with us is a very special guest, first time Small Beans appearance. Please introduce yourself to the folks at home. Hello, my name is Caroline Anderson. Hooray! Welcome, Caroline. Thank you. And uh, from our vast list of potential olive-related <laughs> film and television projects, mm-hmm. uh, why don't you tell the people what you selected? People who clicked on this wildly without reading the title. I picked the body episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Uh, yeah, I just want it to be known... That I play, we have a big document where mm-hmm. we send everyone. Like, here are the things that if you're if you're lost for words in terms of what mm-hmm. film you want to discuss, here are some options that we're readily able to discuss at any time. Mm-hmm. And I placed without telling Michael, I just placed the body episode. Oh, well, it's <laughs> on a shared doc. I go in there and add stuff. I know, from time I know. Time. Yeah, yeah. But it's just like uh, it's not a movie. Yes, but which is why I countered with. An episode of Firefly, because I was like, oh, we're doing this now. <laughs> um, and that's interesting, because I thought the guests had to pick from that list. You think that it's suggestions? I think it's suggestions. I thought that list <laughs> encompassed all the episodes we're ever going to do. No. And the only one who gets away with not is Daniel O'Brien, because he's a bigger pull than us on our <sighs> own network. And he goes, like, I want to talk about this. And we're like, all right. How we are we to. this far in the business of working with each other and not have hatched this out? The business. Uh, yeah. yeah. Anyway, anyway. So it was on the list. This mm-hmm. is our first ever TV, TV episode, episode yeah. covered on Ooh. Frame Rate, which is we're like 56 episodes in and we only talk movies. But yeah. according to Wikipedia... The reception critics response section. This episode rises to the level of a great film, according to many critics, TV critics of the Spoken time. like a man who hasn't watched the episode. Oh, I watched <laughs> okay. it. Okay. Oh, there you go. How could I? No, I know. I'm not accusing this you. Is my it's just <laughs> this is my honest one. So, Caroline, yes. why? What's your relationship to Buffy the series? It was and. Uh, why scrolling through the list, which is quite long, yes. did this jump out at you? Um, my relationship to Buffy the series is that I did name my first cat Buffy mm-hmm. um, after the show. Um, huge fan as a kid. It was kind of my first hour show. We were very much a sitcom family. Um, and to the my grandmother would like introduce us as such. They'd be like, oh, they'd only watch sitcoms. Um, and it's bu- the Andersons. <laughs> exactly. um, but then I was like, you know, I'm, I'm a tween. I watch an episode of Buffy. I'm like, well, this rules. Um, couldn't mm. cognate why. But now it's like, oh, so obvious of like, mm. I was always feminist leaning. I like the occult i like um i like i love clueless i love Mm. uh teenage girls getting up to nonsense um i love uh (laughs) teachers who make a difference in their students lives big giles fan um so yeah it just like hooked me and oh also seth green was my first crush um you might not know that seth green was on the show since you are not a hardcore buffy fan tangentially 
I remember now that you say it, I'm like, yes. oh yeah, he was in commercials for it. I saw. I didn't watch yeah, the he show. Pl- he, yeah, that's the other thing. Yeah, is that that's why I opened with that. I like, loved that the episode <laughs> had a character that I had to slowly realize is is a demon. I still next don't demon? know the details. Yeah. Oh, is that yeah. what she is? She's next. Demon. I'm like, yeah. she's some kind of immortal being from a plane of existence that's non-human. But in the middle, I'm just like, why is she this cold-hearted motherfucker? It's <laughs> yeah. like. She's dead. Yeah. Why don't we eat sandwiches? Why uh, are people sad? Yeah, and I'm Anya's like, what a, character Anya's is this? Kind data? of uh, <laughs> like she, she she is very problematic for the group, uh, <laughs> and then like she kind of comes into her own as uh, she learns. Here's a theory, and maybe I'm jumping into theory too soon. No, but, um, there's no structure to this. Okay, word. great. Um, <laughs> is that Buffy is essentially about a group of characters who have all different relationships to being a human experiencing different things on the scale of humanness and processing it from their different directions. Xander being the most human. He is just pure human. Mm-hmm. Um, He's kind of sitcom He's yeah. like oh, a, yeah. an avatar from the more traditional TV world. Oh, yeah. absolutely. And then Anya is the least human in that she's not any human. She just kind of looks human, but she is a demon. Uh, And so their pairing is very interesting to see the way they both responded to this episode about the most human thing that can happen, a Mm -hmm. mortal death of a parent. Mm -hmm. Um, And that Anya, I actually think, handled the death in a more human way than Xander did because she's experiencing it with feeling in a way that Xander is like, he knows death, he knows that you have to protect other people. He Mm -hmm. knows like the kind of um, very artificial ways that humans go through things like this. As he says in the episode... We help Buffy. That's what we do. Yeah. We yeah. help Buffy. Yeah. yeah. It's, a, it's all agreed upon social mores of uh, how you, you... What their role is in the show, yeah. which is their lives. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. But also, like, I think what you're speaking... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I, I get what you're saying. That's absolutely true. Like, because An- Anya has that thing, like, I just don't understand why everyone is acting this way. Right. Basically. It's yeah. like, why... This sucks. Like, everyone sucks right now. And yeah. I feel shitty and you feel shitty. Yeah. Also, I'm shitty. just learning the names like in sequence right mm-hmm. now, and sure. I just like gathered some of them from the episode. Sure. Mm-hmm. Of course, they're an occult group. Their names Willow. are fucking Willow, <laughs> Xander, <laughs> Buffy, and Giles. Yeah. Their yeah. parents like groomed that. It's like someone yeah. is named like Bartleby, and you're like, yeah. you're gonna be a Scrivener. That's how that goes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Here's a question I have for you as a non-Buffy mm-hmm. watcher: um, What is your understanding of Dawn as a character? <laughs> who is the, with, sister. Oh, the, little sister. the little sister yes well it's interesting you brought up that theory of the show which i like a lot i felt i started i was kind of like relentlessly trying to pair each se- sequence of the episode to one of the dabda you know mm-hmm. the dabda grief things yeah and i thought don was anger because of the i did cry full tears down the face oh, wow. With Don's silent breakdown. Oh, That's yeah. the at scene the, that got me. The school. At the high school. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. I yeah. could put myself there, like being in school and finding out one of my Realizing, parents died yeah. at that age, like mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. just old enough to fully experience the grief, not old enough to have any adult perspective yeah. on death. And already yeah. fe- in such a heightened state of like this boy she likes, like going from this boy I like to your mother's dead. Like, yeah, right. Not a slow slope. There's well, literally feelings. a cut where she says like, I just, I, I just don't believe it or something yeah. like that. Well, that that's why then I was like, Oh, sequence. never mind. Xander's anger. Cause he punched the wall and she's denial because mm-hmm. her whole thing, she doesn't yeah. believe it, which is why she goes to view the body. And then, 
I was like, then what's on you? Confusion in the face of death. And then I was like, my theory doesn't work. Yeah, there's just a, a couple too many characters. But it is, I think, I think the kernel of it for Joss was probably let's take this show where I'm gathering a usually wacky magic is happening, right? A lot of lot of vampire death, you know. Yeah, it, it and got instead very like, dark toward the end. And this is just so everyone knows: this yeah. is season five. It's episode sixteen. Uh, the big bad of this one is uh, Glory. Glory. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Anya and Glory are the most human names, which is which weird. I think was what you were alluding to with yeah. the question about what do you know of Dawn? Dawn yeah, just seemed like the tagging along little sister character. Yeah, she's was, not real. She's she's oh. like matter. Um, that's been created to be all? in sure <laughs> but like a, a true magically kind of i think fourth or fifth season fifth season it's fifth season fifth season suddenly she's just there uh-huh. and then it is explained that it is wildly confusing magic that led her but she ha- she is like not human she's not in the plane of reality that the others of them are but they all see her and she yeah uh so Glory uh, or Glorificus, I believe. Is, sure. Yeah, she's one of the prime evils, and she, when she comes into our like realm or our dimension, uh, she comes along with a key, and the mm-hmm. key, if she attains the key, she gets domination over, and that's how she became one of the prime evils. Is that she? It's like domination over whatever realm she is, as long as she can get the key. Mm-hmm. But it's just like eternal battle of trying to find it. And it's Don the key. And so a bunch of priests put Don as this thing and they have like reality warping magic that makes it so that she's hidden in plain sight and they put her in the Slayer's household for protection is the kind of concept of that season. If you want, that doesn't one. change my perception no, sure, of this no, episode. No. It's, it's, I was like, should it, does that mean no. her grief is not real? I, that's the thing is I think that this, uh, that's, this season likes to play with the idea of like, like we're talking with Anya yeah. and the idea of an ex demon having this concept of grief yeah. or the uh, old joke of like programming a robot reality, to feel pain. Like, yeah, right. Reality is in flux in this season. Like who, what is a, what is emotion yeah. is mm-hmm. like what they're trying to do, which was, uh, it, it's kind of important because if you look like, I think that this is the season that Joss Whedon was like, this needs to happen because, um, one of the stipulations of the like the agreement he had with the show was that at some point in this particular season, like when he got his contract contracts mm-hmm. re-upped, I think, uh, he wanted to make sure that there was an episode that basically was his experience, mm-hmm. which is that he found his mother's body. Wow. Uh, and he wanted to... Well, now it all makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> There's and, the kernel of the idea. And it, there's also another event that uh, his, one of his friends died. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, he, like, that was why Willow had such a big issue with, like, dealing with the mundane mm-hmm. in the, the, like, the blast radius of, like, a death you know, in the finding of a body, Willow's yeah. more concerned with like, what should I wear? wear. Yeah. Because that's something that Joss Whedon went through when her, uh, when his friends died and he was going to the funeral. He's like, what the fuck do I wear? Mm-hmm. Um, it's like, all that is bottled up into 14 minutes, 14 to, I would say that it's like my opinion of this episode is that it's 14 minutes of some of the best TV that we've ever seen about, 
And you're talking about the moment minutes. where the vampire gets decapitated yes. and turns to yes, death. That very... is actually, I think, one of the best vampire battles in the whole show, really? though. Because it is like so it not... It is important. Um, it's not very stunty. Usually they're no. very stunty uh. and very like almost kung fu movie. Yeah. And this was just struggle, which yeah. was very interesting. Like Just choke you out. Well, yeah. and it was... Take, take that Gore like, without gore. They did like the lead up everything you would do in even like a hostel, the mm. sound design was really grim yeah. to like cutting someone's throat. Then just at the instant they cut to where you would see like a gaping throat, it was yeah. dust it's instead. Dust. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Which is funny because not knowing that's a rule of the vampire deaths, I was like, laughing. I laughed at <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. yeah, yeah. Like, Oh, sure. and he turns to dust now. Okay. Yeah. So it's like 15 <laughs> minutes of like really good, like, that, and that's the 15 minutes I want to talk about is the first 15 minutes. The first yeah. 15. And then the second 15 minutes is like a really good case study in like kind of what you're talking about. It was like the uh, the, the melodrama of grief. Mm-hmm. And then the last 30 minutes not aren't bad, but it's like taking us back to reality. It's like, and remember, we're still a show that's called Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Yeah. You know? Well, the one vampire fight I did think seemed like he that probably was even a compromise. Or just a nod to like, well, we got to yeah. nod to that the show will continue and it's not a meditation on grief going forward. We're going to get back to like what they yeah. do. Yeah. Um, but I was like, so like when you notice that there's no score in the whole episode, you like that because it's artistically ambitious. Sure. So I had the feeling of like, oh, you were so close to doing the artsy thing, which is. We have our vampire show, no vampires. <laughs> like, yeah. have you seen that zombie show where there, you never see any zombies? I like mm. shit like that. Yeah, 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 no. yeah exactly. Uh, Buffy has a lot of those. Uh, I thought this was going to be the musical episode. Which is yeah, one, one more time love. with feeling. Once yeah, that one. Feeling. Uh, the other one on. And that's about speaking her, of soundscape. The other one that I think is great tumor. is Hush, Hush. which yeah. is no speaking. The only, yeah. uh, only score. There's like one scene at the beginning where we like just get into normal life, like it's just any other episode, mm-hmm. and then someone takes the voice out of the town. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like literally Ursula. everyone, I've and the only it. line at the end is "We need to talk" mm-hmm. because they find out something about each other that it's like, mm-hmm. oh shit, yeah. Um, and it's really well done, like silent film. Um, the Buffy's known for like kind of in two thousand two thousand one, like really pushing the envelope of like, oh, this is just a network show, but also there's episodes that are like crazy. Scrubs yeah. did experiments. That. Yeah. And they, yeah. they're one of the first ones. Sure. I mean, the Dark Willow episodes also, I think, go in there. Like, you know, you don't know about Dark Willow. It's but fine. Sure. But like where you get the feeling Joss Whedon himself is bored or like decided he can do whatever he wants or has reached that point. point of, Plus they had jumped over to CW. It's just a show. Yeah. It can be anything. So yeah. like they had a lot more power at CW because okay. like halfway through its airing, uh, like I want to say season four or something like that. Yeah. Uh, they got to do what they wanted. Because yeah. another network was like, we love this. Did he make, make Angel it. or did he just allow it to be made by other people? <coughs> you know, he, he never didn't watched show Angel. Okay. He never show. I don't think he ever showed But Angel's Angel. in Buffy, right? Yes. He, he's an early Buffy boyfriend. Yeah, he's a Buffy boy. Uh, <laughs> and there's like, it's like a sliding scale. It's like, it starts in like season three mm-hmm. or four of Buffy and ends like two seasons after Buffy had ended or one season after Buffy had ended or something yeah. like that. It's like, it, I actually think Angel is a better show. Oh, I yeah. never watched it. Because it deals with more adult shit. Like ever, all of the arcs of the main characters are like more heavy. Yeah. I think is, I like the teen shit of Buffy. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's, that's what I like that's about fair. it. 
That's fair. Buffy remind yeah, the tone reminded me a bit of Cabin in the Woods, where it's gonna be intensity that is never fully grounded. Except mm. I get the impression this mm. episode is different than all the other ones where it is more grounded. Yeah. But that's probably not I get the impression the vibe of the show does not match the no. body. No. Yeah. Right? That's not, not their day to day vibe. I would say in no way. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> in no way is that what they do. <laughs> no, it's it's a singular episode and it's my favorite episode of this show for sure. Do you agree or disagree? Um, I don't know if it's my favorite just because I love Buffy so much. Mm. And for me, like my favorites aren't always based in what's the best craft versus like what's the one that I VHS recorded as That's a kid fair. and then would watch all the time. Totally fair. So in, I think Ted's my favorite just because I've seen Ted the most. Oh, that's the one with Ritter, right? It is the one. Yeah. Um, I love Ritter so much. Yeah. He's excellent. He's, and yeah, he's always excellent. He's a robot it's, in that He's one. a robot, but it is another one of the really human stories. because it's, it's about <laughs> Buffy like not liking her mom's boyfriend, but not really knowing knowing what the boundaries are of yeah. like articulating it yeah. and her friends all really liking him. He makes mini pizzas for them. And then yeah, it turns out he's a robot. I was going to say it's okay. <laughs> he's like dosing the, he's turns dosing he's those monster, pizzas, dosing the pizzas. Right. to make everyone love him. Yeah. Uh-huh. And she's like, she doesn't buy it. Yeah. So it's does like, she not eat so the pizza like, or is she, she immune to no, it? No, 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 no. It's just like, a, she just hates anything that he touches. So she, she doesn't, doesn't like eat the pizza. So she yeah. just doesn't do it. Yeah. And it's a metaphor, obviously, like you're yeah. alluding to. It's a metaphor for like, I don't like that he's new and fresh and in my life and everyone fucking loves him for yeah. his merits. Yeah, it's an allegory. So for it's like your step parents, the love your step parent may try to give you is like a poison pizza. It's like a poison, <laughs> poison delicious pizza. Mini pizza. And cookies. There's yeah, also cookies there's also involved. Cookies. Oh. Yeah. Uh, I the, thought, only, the robot can only make round food. <laughs> yeah. It's like a limitation of his programming. I wanted to get into what makes this work for net- network television because it could have just been a short film that Joss Whedon just made Yeah. and would have like fucking wrecked the circuits because it's a really good story Mm -hmm. and i suggest anyone even if you're a casual to never seen buffy just try to find that episode or if if it's on hulu it's on hulu or if you find in like a box set at friend's house it's really uh it's really captivating cinema um and one of the things that makes it work first off it's one of only two episodes in the entire run of Buffy to not have a previously on, mm-hmm. and it's not needed. The other thing is that uh, here's what I love. I love it when sometimes you have artists and filmmakers who are just very captivated by what they want to do to the point that they expel any notes from studio and don't even, like, I don't want to do that. Why? Because it just gets in the way of that shit. Like, he here's Joss Whedon getting understanding what the limitations of network are for example a lot of people are tuning in and they're not they may tune in late they're not sure what to expect uh credits have to roll at the beginning Mm -hmm. all these things led us to a decision that after the cold opening where she just finds the body and goes mom mom mommy Mm -hmm. and then it goes and then it goes buffy plays music and then comes back there's a Christmas flashback Crazy scene. Crazy intro sequence, yeah. by the way, to oh, yeah. modern eyes who have it's never a- seen the show before. <laughs> yeah. It feels like a parody of a 90s intro sequence. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's, uh, that's where the credits have to roll because she mm-hmm. didn't want uh, like credits to be happening while on you're footage. totally captivated while she's on the phone with EMTs and stuff like that and the visceral experience of Buffy finding her, her mother dead. Um it's it's crazy to me. What I like about it is that he knew that and he wrote it in as like a, from the get go. He's like, this is how it has to happen, yeah. which is just a 
like I just like that from the expertise of someone who knows how television works, being able to preempt that and like make yeah. sure that that was happening and like put all that shit there. I'm going to put a flashback. Is the flashback necessary? Not quite, but it is that breather that we need is something that's, I, I don't know. I would argue it's very Spielbergian, you know, mm. did you guys um, watch the show live? Like, did you watch it as it came out? No. Yeah. Mm. So do you remember how you felt when you saw this episode? Because I feel like that would be s- also, had they done episodes before this where they play with the structure in this way? Or was this one of the first ones where they're like, we're going to have a different episode, kind of episode? I think as a kid watching the show, I interpreted the show in kind of three chunks, which was like the high school years, which were very monster of the week and very like, oh, no, I have a boyfriend and there's a vampire and like that. And then there's the middle section where there's Dawn and where Tara's introduced and Anya and like where it becomes kind of more of the ad- adult show where there's things like Hush and Once More mm. With Feeling, and then the end where it's like, oh, they're just trying to figure out how to make this Wrap it stick up. the landing. Sure. So I think of that era as being an era where it was like, oh, things are different. Things are twisted. What am I going to see this week? Mm. But I don't remember chronologically if I was like, this is the wildest shit I've ever yeah, I was seen. Wondering if, like, did he, were he like, the artistic possibilities in Buffy are endless. <laughs> what a time to be alive. Because <laughs> I, I felt that way about Arrested Development watching it as right. it came out. Yeah. I was literally like, can you believe we're alive at the time when this show is new and it's coming out? Yeah. I can't yeah. believe it. I mean, <laughs> remember, this is 2000. When did like, when did Oz come out? Gosh, I don't remember. Although I did want to compare this to the pilot of Six Feet Under. Have you seen that, Caroline? I've um, here. The limit, <laughs> the Six Feet Under that I've seen is when you go on YouTube and search Six Feet Under gay compilation as a team. <laughs> That's okay. the Six Feet Under I've seen. Just the yeah. so if there's any Exactly. If there's any boy on boy smooching in the pilot, I've probably seen that. Smooch. I hope it doesn't come up with their very special structure breaking episode <laughs> where a homophobe like holds him at ah. gunpoint and drives him around the town all day. It's mm. terrifying. But yeah. that's not why we're here. My point is. <laughs> I, Abe, because you're a visuals guy too, mm-hmm. and you've likened it to Spielberg, but you've also mentioned the limitations of network television, mm-hmm. and coming at it from the outside with no nostalgia and like being brutally Just cold cynical. and heartless like Anya. I'm like, is it as good as like though a really good movie about death? Or I'm trying to compare it to other things about death um, that affected me deeply. And Did you, you the said script you feels that good, so. and the acting feels that good. But for me, it all comes down to the visuals still smacked of. I'm watching a three camera like CW show. That is and that crazy takes it down a peg. I, think I it, don't know. You know why? You know what? It was, I here's the difference. First I think, is like a Spielberg uh, film. Uh, looks here's the thing: better. is that uh, <laughs> remember as a the only thing I think your assessment is fairly correct in terms of like you're an ample viewer. But the thing that the film has bigger budget. We generally. have that you don't is that when you watch Buffy up to the point, it is so uh, emphatically that three camera setup that it's like when you turned on the body and saw that first 14 minutes, you were jumping into a short film. You didn't have the benefit of seeing, or I don't, wouldn't even call it a benefit, but you, like, you weren't in the mode where you're watching a TV show that doesn't look like this, it doesn't feel like this. It definitely feels like cinema. In Oh when, yeah, that's why it invited so me to compare it, it to cinema. Yeah. Right, <laughs> so when you then, in the episode, slowly return to that format, it feels like, 
well, this is a downgrade, and you're right. <laughs> but it's also the way in which TV has to be made. So right. that's well, like for example, two exam in the beginning when they crop the frame so that you only see the paramedic's mouth but not his oh, eyes. Yeah, I love that. Part. And it's yeah. like you don't want to make eye contact with another human because you're so like in your grief and ashamed. You just can't even and, like, remember. I don't want to yeah, do that. Subjective. But then I, by the end, I was like, well, now she's just fighting a vampire in a big flat shot. Yeah. <laughs> and I was sad. I yeah, felt, yeah. No, you, you have to return to the fact that this is late 90s, early 2000s TV. It's not, I mean, what is Friends doing? Well, and I guess that's what I'm, I guess to me, I'm getting at a broader thing about Joss Whedon, which is I don't know if he's in the same way that I don't think Quentin Tarantino can. Um, I don't think he's capable of writing a world that actually makes me feel fully grounded like it's the real world because there's just mm. a heightened aspect. Like, yes. it's interesting that you said that it really happened to him that his friend was obsessed with what to wear to the funeral. Mm. I buy that, but I don't buy that, like, in real life they said, I can't see Buffy at the morgue dressed all royal as if to say, I'm the king, I'm better than you. People don't talk like that. No, it's very <laughs> weird yeah. Let yeah. me ask you uh, okay. what... Out of because there's a series of things that happen in like uh, in that like three minute eighteen oneer and then like after it cuts and she like goes outside mm-hmm. uh, and like the Giles like thing happens where he comes in and he starts to go through the motions of like oh shit she's dead and she's yeah. like no don't touch the body and she realizes she oh fuck I just body. said body uh, yeah. when anyone says the body for the first time and reference the mom they're like horrified I want to list to I guess both of you a bunch of things that happen that are very intentional very quick little bits that happen and I want to tell you like a little game I want you guys to tell me what like you most viscerally had a response to Okay. which is uh, first off uh, like Buffy is like very sweaty during the whole uh, time. She, uh, the nine one one dispatcher, continually talks, even though she's not on the phone. Uh, there's a series of lines that says she's cold. The body's cold. No, no, my mom. My mom. Yeah, is I cold. wrote that yeah. down for sure. When she tries to resuscitate her, she cracks one of her ribs. She fixes her mom's skirt for decency before the EMTs right. mm-hmm. arrive. Also, does she have super strength? Yeah, uh, okay. yeah, but she's be able. It, she understands like she's not too much. Yeah. Like she, ne- she it's like, more just like it, giving CPR. You can sometimes. Yeah, although it would around. be arguable that yeah, maybe in this heightened state she'd be too much. I was wondering if that's, that's a that thing happens. that happens it or does. if it's because it she was super strong. No, okay. it absolutely happens all yeah. the time. Uh, at when the entire like there's a very long shot of the EMT's apparatus of like the heart yeah. monitor mm-hmm. while all that is being done. Uh, there's a little section where mom revives and a miracle happens and uh, like she's, she survives and it's okay. And then we cut back to cold reality. Uh, you mentioned the not seeing the face of the EMT in like when he's delivering the news that she's, she's dead. Uh, and then finally she says thank you to the EMTs and then tells them good luck as they are. Yeah, because she's also a superhero, right? Like she identifies with them going out trying to save people. I almost interpreted more as just like, what do you say? Yeah, yeah. How do you say that? Sorry for your loss. You too. You too. (laughs) Exactly. And then in the final, and then that's like the cut of the oneer, right? Because Mm -hmm. then she goes and throws up. Yeah. Uh, like, and By then the you hear wind chimes and kids playing yeah. and stuff, yeah. which is a whole great 
Like it's continuing the sequence. And luckily for primetime network is, audiences, she only drank like a little glass of yellow water. Like yeah. I liked how the vomit was very pleasant. Yeah. Like that's some pleasant. nice vomit. Yeah. So seeping through. The, <laughs> yeah. So that is like three minutes what I just like did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there was a lot of just different little details. Mm-hmm. Did any one of those jump out at you more than the others? Or is it like, did you take the whole sequence as one? Um, I remember really feeling, having watched all of Buffy, most of it, many times, the acting Sarah Michelle Gellar does on the phone with the 911 operator, like uh-huh. her tone of voice is just like a little bit higher than it usually is. She's like a little squeakier. Like She's like a kid. She's like a kid and she's like desperate in a way. She's never desperate because mm-hmm. she's like always got it under control or if she doesn't, she's funny about it. Yeah. Um. So that whole sequence of her doing the CPR was like, uh, uh, brutal to watch of like no. oh yeah she's just a little kid trying her best right yeah I uh, that so just the demeanor of like she's no longer the Buffy we know yeah is like enough of a shock did any of the detail details in that one captivate you more mainly than the, the uh, fake out although it was shot so radically like from the pacing you and could tell having watched lots of stuff I knew that that's what was happening. Yeah. But I was like, good use of one of those, especially yeah. mm-hmm. the final shot being a like reverse spirit shot, meaning a crane shot that starts high and goes down really fast. And yeah. uh, if you watch our video material from way back, you know we love cutting shit off in the middle of the sentence. <laughs> so I liked it when, yeah, she goes, thank God you found me. And t- I like that the editor left the t- like you don't, you don't interrupt in between two words. You right. interrupt fucking in the middle of a peak right. waveform. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank God a, you found me, and I'm dead. <laughs> uh, in film criticism, there's uh, there's a writer called Alexander McKendrick who uh, he wrote the Sweet Smell of Success, mm. and he talks about in filmmaking that the camera is a little cherub with an arrow. Mm-hmm. Oh, but he. It personifies it in a way mm-hmm. and uh he would be calling this i guess like the disruption of the cherub where it's like we go off on this other thing but then when we snap back we're like high and wide and dumb mm-hmm. shot of like the event where like the mts like stand up and they're like well, now she's dead man yeah. yeah and uh he would say that the cherub would be has returned or something like that it's just like a funny little like yeah like it when we take the idea of a like something that we're doing, and I would actually say that the Wonder is very like Paul Thomas Anderson esque. Like it's, it follows. It doesn't care about them. Although the Wonder take a while to get through a hallway. The Wonder is punctuated by shots, right? Like it's not an unedited Wonder. There is a thir- three minute eighteen second single take that was done seven times. Oh, okay. But then, but like when you cut to the shower reference to the paramedic, right. that's a cut for sure. Yeah, the fantasy okay. sequence. The fantasy sequence is a cut as well. That yeah. happens, but that happens. It's the Wonder goes all the way up to her. The looking at the EMTs mm-hmm. arrive. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it got, but it, it takes it from her finding the body to the EMTs arrive. Well, I like, I think the only defensible use of a one <laughs> is when you don't even notice that it was a one and I didn't. So right. that's good. That's yeah. to the credit of the right. show. Yeah. 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 A little bit. Yeah. I also love the angle on the CPR because it is like just her back. Like there's really nothing yeah. visually happening. It's not like squared to frame, particularly interestingly. You can't see. Joyce's body, you can't see Buffy's face. Like, you can't see any of the things that would be dramatic in a no. CPR. You just see mm. 
like the futile attempt. So there, there's four scenes in this uh, episode, right? There's the body finding at home, the body scene, mm-hmm. and then there's the high school scene with Don and revealing the news, yeah. and then, and then, then there's UC Sunny, the Dale, rest of the group, yeah. and then yeah. there's the hospital and then slash morgue. The hospital, yeah. uh, and then the th- uh, third one at UC Sunnydale, where it's like the rest of the Scooby Gang basically uh, finding out and deciding Assembling. what to wear. Uh, Xander gets a ticket. Yeah. And I just love that. Like, that's kind of the same thing. Like, it's very close analysis of things that are mundane Mm -hmm. and uh, return us while we're in our grief where something huge is happening, returns us to just Earth going, oh, yeah, and life just goes on. Oh, that was another question. Is Joyce like a huge active character in the cast or is she just always kind of there? uh, It's not like when Maude Flanders died and you're like, well, she was barely there. No, I mean, (laughs) she was pretty important. She was very important. And and so much of the early, early time is about Mm. her being a single mom and her being Buffy's mom. Oh, right. Like in the high school years, she would be a big main character. Yeah, that makes sense. And Uh, she and Giles had kind of something of I've only seen one episode. I'm like, (laughs) Who is Giles? Why is he here? He's, oh, he's older the librarian. than them all. Right. Does fact, that answer your questions? Uh, don't oh, yeah, because when he took off candy. his glasses, I was like, he's like a thousand times hotter now. Yeah. He let his hair down. <laughs> Anthony Head. Uh, Played yeah. Dreamweaver. He, uh, yeah, the, there's a reference at one point to when they fucked uh, yeah. because mm. there was like magical candy. It doesn't Made everyone matter. horny. Made everyone Classic. Classics. Classic, and that was like a few seasons earlier. Actually, uh, notably on the Joyce character, uh, Christine Sutherland was absent in this season because she was going to live abroad because of like personal reasons for whatever, and so she was very not in the season. And she was going when she told like, "I'll do a few episodes, but then I'm fucking out." Mm-hmm. Uh, we stated, told her. No, uh, what's the quote? His reply was, you can't leave because I'm going to kill you. <laughs> so, the And there idea- has to be a ramp up where they remember what they like about you before you die. Or yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I need it, like, to use you. So yeah, it can be two episodes. I want it to be like five or six right. is yeah. basically the argument that they're having there. And she was like, well, once she read the pages, she was like, that's cool. That's what it very much, fe- it felt like a... Really well done journal entry of like you go to like a grief group session and right. someone stands up and says, well, here's all my impressions of grief when my mom died. And it's like just snatches of observations where you're like, this was how someone reacted. This was how someone yeah. reacted. This was how someone reacted. And then life goes on. And it's yeah. like, yeah, that is that's all you that's, can say about that. That's like it makes group. a disruption. Yeah. Yeah. And then whoever survived must continue. You know, it's my favorite scene in the entire episode is Buffy and Tara sitting together on the couch. Everyone's left. Tara, you is, is Allison Hannigan's girlfriend. Yes. And she's a relatively new part of the cast. And okay. she is like shy and she's a witch and they're kind of weird about it. And she isn't like um She's shy. That's like kind of her yeah. first character trait. Mm. And so that scene of just them both looking straight forward and then Tara saying like, hey, by the way, I know what you're going through. Mm-hmm. But in that way of like a new person in a group and uh, their friend's recently lesbian girlfriend, you know, all of that stuff. Uh, I just found that like so compelling, even though the dialogue wasn't particularly interesting. It was just like, hey, I've been through that. And yeah. I my Oh, I didn't know that. And then that's the end of the scene. Well, that was key is a lot of the dialogue I thought was intentionally mundane. Yeah. Yeah, Like you said, that's just what you would say. Yeah. 
if if it had happened to you, you'd be like, my mom also died. Yeah. It was hard. I feel bad for you. Yeah. There's like, that's it. There's nothing else to say. What it's it, just yeah. how it's yeah. played. It's just, now I we think move I on. realized what feels different about it to me. It's not the framing. It's the lighting. It's that they maintain TV lighting. Yeah, it yeah. doesn't use it's painterly or not, filmic lighting. No, it, and it's also like hospital lighting. It's, yeah. yeah. Ratio is one to one on both cheeks. It's everything. How do visible. you interpret Dawn's decision? Is it just to break through her own denial? She needs to see the body. Is that what that is? Is that the ending? I. Uh, here's my th- feeling: is that Dawn has a pretty interesting relationship with human form. In Does that she, she know she not? doesn't exist? At this point, no. I forget. No, no, she doesn't. No, at this point. Um, but she self harms, mm. which is, I think, an interesting thing for a person who's not human to do. <laughs> yeah. um, and so I like think she has a curiosity about the human form. In mm. a lot of ways, it's I think her like feelings about her body, her like using her body to do pain and stuff. And and I think it's just like this childlike, you know, um, adolescent but also supernatural obsession with like physical form even if she doesn't know where it's coming from yeah Yeah. but that's interesting yeah that it mirrors yeah puberty can feel as alienating to your body as if you just transplanted into your body yeah Yeah, it's a literal it's not a literal but in in her case it's literal new body yeah it's um does she uh, well it's not the kind of show where we just recap lore, but now I'm like, <laughs> I want to know the wrap up. Like, <laughs> just Dawn like uh, dissolve into nothingness by the end or what? <laughs> oh no. What was that? It was a coffee pot. The coffee pot just fell. My coffee pot fell and shattered. I'll deal with it later. No, okay. it wasn't so even a cat. I assumed it, it was a cat issue. No, I think it was just over time. It slowly. No, this is the time of day where they sleep for nine hours and don't move. That's, the fourth coffee pot we've owned this year. That's the first one that ever dramatically just dropped 10 feet yeah. and shattered. But It's almost mm-hmm. as if Dawn is here trying to get our attention. Yeah. That's the thing is, I don't even want to call it the coffee pot. The coffee pot's gone now. That's yeah, just some gone. glass. It's the body. It's the, bo- you know? it's the body of a coffee pot. And that's, yeah, and the ending, I know it was, I'm, sh- I'm like, it has to be meaningful to Joss because it's so framed. Yeah. But I did like the last lines. Uh, is she cold? It's not her. It's not her. She's gone. Where'd she go? Reaches out to touch her. So now knowing that Don doesn't really exist. Yeah. I think I understand more of what the reaching out to touch the body is. Yeah. Also, it's um, it's significant in this season because uh, this season, the last season, we deal with the like the exile of Giles, uh, which mm-hmm. is just he's no longer <laughs> like he's they're not in high school anymore. So he's no longer like a part of their lives. And, like, he's dealing with his own stuff where he wants to leave, and he's kind of the surrogate father. Yeah. Because the father's out of the picture. Mm-hmm. So she's always, Buffy's always had Joyce, the mom, to be there. And then she has this new transplant into her life, Dawn, mm-hmm. who isn't real. But does so, she have fabricated memories of Dawn having been born and growing yes, up? Yes, all okay. that stuff. But why it's significant is symbolically, this is the first episode now. After all, starting from season one, episode one to now, she's had a support group that was at least familial. Yeah. Mm. At this point, she is entirely alone. Uh, and now starts the. And the oldest person in her family, so yes. the most responsible, like yeah. the head yeah. of the household. And yeah. And so it becomes that thing where it's like, well, friends are family yeah. kind of thing, where she 
now we're starting the phase of Buffy where it becomes a thing where she like at first is like, you guys aren't my family though. Like, and she shuns them. Mm-hmm. I have to do this all alone. And they're like, nah, man, we're always stronger when we're together. All that stuff. Yeah. T- network TV. Plus there's monsters. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and prom is tomorrow. This is not the first, by any stretch of the imagination, lesbian kiss in a TV show. I was reading the Wikipedia and they're like, and it was such a big deal when they had a lesbian. I was like, I didn't even notice. Yeah, Jesus like ER had done it by <laughs> yeah. But, um... Th- the reason that this one is there, there's two papers, and I read them both. Mm-hmm. Uh, one by a sociologist, and one of them about the meaning of the Buffy kiss. Yeah, about the meaning of a Buffy kiss mm-hmm. and what it meant yeah. is that it's the first one. It's kind of the nail in the coffin of how they kind of treating it like, oh, look at this, it's sensational. Like even queer as folk at this point was like sexy like there's always a lead up and it was just like look at these two and women it was saying kissing. on wikipedia this up to that one, point like they only held hands in public yeah, in scenes. yeah. this yeah. one is just like a natural response mm-hmm. yeah just it's just a kiss there's no lead up it doesn't mean anything it's just thing two things it's just a thing two lovers do yeah you know and it's yeah. just like um they they talked about that as being significant because like every other kiss after that that anyone would talk about in terms of like like gay representation in mm-hmm. network TV was like pale in comparison or it had already like they had already hit that benchmark, I guess is what it's saying. And that's kind of interesting to me. I was like reading it and I was like, okay. Cause at first I was like, I don't know if yeah. that, like it does, what does it matter? Like it, it's like the 15th kiss mm-hmm. on network television yeah. Like what? What does that matter? In but also that it wasn't an event. You know, it wasn't, it wasn't in an event. Yeah. Trailers. It wasn't in like. And this yeah. week there will be a movie, <laughs> which kids. they continue to do on like things like Modern Family and other shows yeah. where there's gay characters who don't show physical affection that much. They. It's always like. I mean, it's the Ellen. Like it's always like. Duh, duh, the commercial duh, duh. includes yeah, yeah, yeah. a record yeah. scratch and exactly. someone going, "No, I'm fine with it. I'm yeah. fine." <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Smooches. Yeah. Uh, my Shot favorite normaliz- LGBTQ normalization thing. Is a movie that I can't believe no one's picked from the list yet. It's been on there from day one, Paranorman. Yes. We're at the very end. The I dumb jock she's trying to get with the whole time. She's like, Casey you know, Affleck, she basically says subtextually, like, the structure of the movie sort of indicated we would get together. Like, what happened with that? And he's like, oh, I'm gay. Yeah. <laughs> That's all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, actually, you like my boyfriend. Yeah. It's <laughs> yeah. just like, uh, yeah. And he's yeah. just this meathead. It's yeah. great. It's a, it's that movie fucking rules. It's anyway, a good movie. Uh, also goth. Uh, it's like a big goth thing. Everyone's Is goth. It, in I that have movie. to imagine coming out in the nineties, <coughs> there had to be goth kids who loved Buffy too, uh, right? No, it was yeah. it was seminal in goth. Yeah. Stuff. <laughs> in goth oh, stop by a hot topic. Get oh, a yeah. Spike shirt. Oh, oh, Spike. It brought it okay. into the mainstream. <laughs> Spike wins number one character elucidated in the intro sequence that I missed in the episode. He's I was the like, only episode oh, yeah. in. Where's that guy? Where's yeah. the guy who looks like Sick Boy from <laughs> Mad Max Fury Road? <laughs> yeah, like he would just bring some fun and chaos yeah. into the situation. And he's British. Ah, it's yeah. lovely. He's also uh, not British. Yeah, he's not British. It is very funny Spike. to cast an American to do a British accent. <laughs> yeah, he's uh, fucking great. But yeah. he's not in this episode, the only one in this season that he's not in for some reason. Yeah. Well, what would he do? Like, you Nothing. know. Nothing. He would just <laughs> remind everyone that there's vampires and it's just like. Uh, take a beat yeah <laughs> you know like it's also pretty much all takes place during the day and he yeah. you know has a different relationship to daytime mm, he's than the allergic rest of us to do. the sun mm-hmm. yeah. there's everything though right 
Isn't that the deal? There's what not just mean? vampires. It becomes like X oh, Files, it's all, where it's oh, like Oz there's is a pretty werewolf. much yeah, Seth Green werewolf. is a werewolf, and there's multi-dimensional beings. Robots. But it's all Twilight kind of, owes a lot to this more than I oh, do. Oh, for sure. It's yeah. all wrapped up in this kind of idea of there's. It's kind of like Cabin in the Woods. Like yeah, there's a Whedon verse. Yeah. Breaking Dawn. It's a reference to it's the grief she feels dawn. about her mother's brain. <laughs> from this one episode of Buffy. <laughs> yeah. That's what it is. Anyway, that's um. That's all. Oh, one thing. Yeah. Uh, another trick that they played mm-hmm. uh, to make it more cinematic is in that first like thirty minutes, or the whole episode, I guess technically, but like it feels out of place. There's no. It's only diegetic sound. Yeah. There's yeah. no Score. music. There's no. Or external which makes sound you focus design, on even. it, which yeah. is like a trick that movies play. It's not a trick that TV yeah. plays. Now it's different because TV is movies. Yeah. You yeah. Know? But back then, that that's bold. Yeah. I thought that was cool. Yeah. I I'm I understand it's probably more realistic. I haven't seen a lot of people and I haven't myself yet lived through suddenly finding out someone very close to me is dead, like boom. Mm-hmm. Um and I think like most media that covers that, they always do what Sarah Michelle Geller did a very good job of of the in shock thing. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm just going to bring up 69 <laughs> one more time. Please. Sure. Because if you haven't seen it, it's my favorite death reaction ever. And I don't even know if it's realistic, but I'd like to think it's equally realistic. Is she, in the pilot, hears her husband's died and is baking a tray of cookies. And immediately drops the phone, sweeps everything off the counter, and just starts wrecking the kitchen and screaming over and over and over. Yeah. And mm. That ripped my guts out in a different way that I also really like. I think that's dependent on the person. Yeah. Because I'm not that way in any way. Well, and 16, I found a dead yeah. body, so. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's yeah. like, it's, it depends on the human. And it's a compliment like, that I bring it up. Six Feet Under is one of my favorite, and this made me think of the pilot a lot. Yeah. Because I guess because the pilot of Six Feet Under, which is only about death, was also yeah. an encapsulated, like, when someone dies, these five things happen. I don't know that most people would do that, but I love that she made that choice as the performer. I like it's a yeah. great scene. No, it's a great <laughs> scene. It's it's vocative, definitely. Yeah. I think that there's probably humans that would have that response. <laughs> I'm trying to. What about vengeance demons? What would about they do that? the crow? No, they would just paging be like, the crow. Okay. <laughs> Are there other things about death that resonate with you? Like, is this your favorite media meditation on the grief of a death? That's a good question. I don't know. Or like what I else have, would be in the conversation uh, for that? I mean, it's my favorite. It's not my favorite conversation about grief. It is my favorite conversation uh, about the visceral experience of finding, finding a body. Finding a dead person. Mm-hmm. Because Specifically it's very, that. It's like, that it's scenario. the equivalent of like the, when Spielberg did the shell shock, uh, like saving private Ryan for when you're, which is now the only way we the film only way you combat. Do it. <laughs> yeah. And like how, like when you get in a car crash, there's like only like three ways to film a car crash. Yeah. This to me is as seminal in creating the, the way, the blast the film grammar of, of yeah. finding a dead body. Uh, yeah. As anything else. Um, now in terms of grief, I, you know, it's, it's, it's folded up and now we're talking about interpersonal politics of yeah. the group. And so that it comes with the baggage of like, Oh, it's Buffy now. And so you have to mm-hmm. do Xander and you have to do Willow and all that stuff. Uh, not necessarily as good as, I don't know. <laughs> There's a lot of, you ever seen love Liza? 
No. Philip Seymour Hoffman's wife dies, and mm-hmm. he gets addicted to huffing gas. Ooh. Who <laughs> boy? He liked. He was cut. like, he's like, bring me that dark script. The darker, the better. <laughs> yeah. I want to be shovel the shit. A right guy who me. just hammers nails into his <laughs> dick because he drove drunk and killed a bunch of people. Uh, it's always a good note. Well, I'm. F- I was so scared of death as a kid, and I'm fascinated with death. So, yeah, I don't have good answers off the top of my head, but I'm gonna keep mulling best death. I think movies and shows. Best death movies. Uh, I'm not sure. It's my. F- favorite and I almost feel stupid saying it but the one that I had the most really just human visceral reaction to is me and Earl and the dying girl which is like Mm, I'm not a YA person I know that's hard to believe because I'm talking (laughs) about how much I love teen stuff also I'm kind of a YA person but um (laughs) I was watching enjoying some YA and my husband who is a YA librarian was like you got to watch me and Earl and the dying girl and I don't want to spoil anything for people who haven't seen it it is like truly I, I couldn't sit in my chair. I mm-hmm. had to get on the ground and was dry heave crying because it mm. was so affecting. Um, and it's not like, um, I assumed it was kind of Fault in Our Stars-esque of like just sure. like cancer teens in love, yeah. but it's not that at all. And, and to try to even describe what it is, I think would be uh, unfair to anyone who hasn't seen it yet. Ooh. But it was, it is the most I've been affected by a death in a movie, I think. There you go. Yeah. So there's some loose recommendations. Yeah. So you referenced your husband as a librarian. Yeah, he is. So let me ask you from your Giles vantage, <laughs> if, he, if you found out that he had oh, taken Lord. a special interest in a high school-aged girl who looked like <laughs> young Sarah Michelle Gellar from season one of Buffy, oh. and you asked about it, and he was like, I'm helping her achieve a special destiny that I can't really tell you that much about. How would that sit with you? I honestly think I would be so into it. I had super <laughs> inappropriate relationships with teachers all my life. I like would like hang out at their house after school mm-hmm. instead of my own house. Um, he does like teach teens D and D, which is kind of similar. Yeah. Um, so I think I would not be bothered at all. all I right. think I would be like excellent. Only tell me Say. what I need to know. Do I need to put up crosses? Stop to protect up the, the hell mouth. Exactly. Keep, shut that shit down. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, my futile attempt to watch. I watched like the first five episodes 10 years ago. So I remember the, the Hellmouth is, is something. Kind of cr- trash. I just remember the phrase Hellmouth. Yeah. It is like the MacGuffin for why. Why, why Sunnydale? How can there be so many things all yeah, the time? There's like yeah. five Hellmouths. I like LA about yeah, X Files makes no attempt. They're just like, I don't know. There's Sasquatches and. <laughs> Uh, wolf man and mummies yeah. and they all live Tony Shalhoub like, can fuck you. burn you with his yeah, brain yeah. Yeah. everything is magic yeah. and on that note everything has been magic since you've <laughs> come into our lives Caroline oh thank, God, thank you, you for being here so thank much. you um, do you have anything to plug here at the end um, what's you should follow my Instagram life? I exclusively post lifting videos so it's that's what you get from it but it's Caroline E and uh, that's also me on Twitter and watch corporate on Comedy Central hell yeah I love it so you much you work on corporate I work on corporate and I show up from time to time about your shoes mm. this yes, morning yes I did just get new weightlifting shoes uh, DM me talk about Olympic lifting please excellent awesome so come to caroline for your uh capitalistic satirical and weightlifting needs yes <laughs> all right till several months from now when we discuss a mighty wind oh and i'll just set up that episode by mentioning apropos of nothing that when allison hannigan is trying to pick something to wear in her closet there's a very clear shot of a powerpuff girl's 
sweatshirt. That will come into play months <laughs> from now when we have Caroline back. Good. Till then. Till then. Whoever cracks the code wins 50 small beans points redeemable for... Bye! Nothing. <laughs>